Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 47 of the Cognicast. I'm your host, Craig Andera. Uh, before we start the show, which where we have a conversation with Justin Gatlin, Cognitech CEO, about the year past and about the year to come, um, just want to mention that we are pleased to announce that Closure West, the conference, will be held at the Palace Hotel in San Francisco from March 24th to March 26th in 2014. Uh, the call for proposals is open now and runs through Friday, January 24th. Speakers will receive a conference ticket, up to three nights of lodging at the conference hotel, and an airfare stipend. You can check out www.closurewest.org for more details. Information about registration will be coming soon. Um, so that's very exciting. Uh, I think that's all i got for you right now, so we will go on to the episode. Thanks for listening. Today is January 6th, 2014. Wow, how'd that happen? And uh, this is the Cognicast. Welcome to all our listeners, and welcome especially to our guest, Justin Gatlin. Welcome, welcome. Thank you very much, Craig. Um, although I have to say, it's it's a little bit odd calling you a guest since you've been on, what, five, six times now? You're almost more like a roommate than a guest. <laughs> I won't leave my dishes in your sink, I promise. Okay, well, that's cool. And, of course, um, you are a guest, and therefore you do get to pick the music that we've been playing on the way in. What would you like us to be playing? I'd like to rock in the new year with a uh, really nice rockin' tune by Franz Ferdinand called Love Illumination. Awesome. Great, great. So people are hearing that right now. Um, well, Justin, this has become uh, one of the highlights of my year. Uh, we have made it a habit ever since the first uh, episode of the podcast where you were the guest. Uh, we made it a habit on the anniversary last year, episode 23, if I'm remembering correctly, of having you on to kind of review the year. And we saw absolutely no reason not to keep doing that. Here we are um, roughly two years after the commencement of this podcast uh, thought we would have you back on and kind of take a look back, take a look forward. Um, if I recall correctly, last year we said something along the lines of, holy cow, what a crazy year, um, referring at that point to 2012. Here we are just on the other side of 2013, and I have to say, uh, 2012 was amateur hour compared to the craziness that went on in 2013 from our perspective. Wouldn't you if, agree? If I recall correctly, we ended that last show with a... We have a bunch of stuff lined up for 2013 that we can't talk about yet. Um, sort of teaser, uh, and uh, we were right on both counts. 2012 was was certainly a great year, uh, and a lot of stuff happened. But um, looking ahead to 2013 from a year ago, and now looking back on it, um, 2013 was uh, seminal. Maybe um, it was yeah. certainly top of the heap. We we celebrated a lot of. Um, uh, accomplishments and 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 we started a lot of new things and and it felt um, 
remarkable and if I may say so personally rejuvenating it was a it was a really great year to uh start things yeah so yeah, I totally agree. I mean, let's just start with the most obvious thing, perhaps, which is we are a different company. The podcast is a different name. I mean, the complete identity change there. It was it was quite a remarkable sort of one-two punch because in July, we celebrated the 10th anniversary of Relevance Incorporated, and we had a big party down here in, in the headquarters in North Carolina, and uh, we had a nice cake over at my house, and, and uh, everybody got around, and, and, and we all sort of, you know, Wow, ten years, and and um, I got to say, one of the most fun blog posts I've ever written was the tenth anniversary, um, trying to figure out everybody we could possibly thank. Blog post, which uh, remains one of my um, personal favorites, and also one of the most highly commented on ones that I've ever written. So um, uh, that was really fun. And then, not a month later, <laughs> we announced the merging of Relevance and Metadata Partners into a new entity, Cognitect, and um, that's quite a, a one-two punch. I, I, I uh, take a moment to say that uh, it's remarkable to me, looking back, um, you know, most companies don't survive their first year, let alone their fifth year, um, and making it to 10 was awe-inspiring um, and uh, deeply humbling, and it was uh, a moment that I didn't even bother to look ahead to <laughs> during years past, um, but it was it was remarkable once we got there. Um, and it feels great to launch from that moment into Cognitech and taking it forward into the future now. And I think we have a great uh, group of people and um, a really great mission um, to centralize around. And, and it's feeling, uh, I mean, first week of 2014 already feels fantastic. So... Um, but yeah, a lot of work went into that um, merger and into the launch and into planning for this future that we're now um, trotting down the path of. It doesn't feel like it's only been four months. Um, uh, it feels longer than that already. Uh, and that's just a testament to how much has happened. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, uh, you know, obviously everything that we used to do is still in place. I'm still doing consulting and all the things that Relevance did, Cognitech now does too, but there definitely is a shift. And, and I wonder if you could talk a little bit about that shift with, you know, with a few months of experience under our belt now, like what has kind of happening, where is the momentum headed? What's the, what's the, what's the change meant for you or for the company? Sure. The biggest change obviously is the expansion of the definition of what we do and who we are as a company. And as you rightly said, you know, all the things that Relevance was known for, we still do. Um, and the customers that we have had and, and have now and have carried through uh, the transition have all seen, you know, relatively no change on that front. Uh, and that's been rewarding because we put a lot of thought and effort into making sure that they felt nothing but the positive outcomes of making a change um, instead of any negative outcomes. And that's been good. But as a company, um, you know, a service-oriented company that does nothing but consulting has certain instincts and habits and processes that it um, builds over time to service the specific ways that we interact with customers. And now being a company that has products um, and our own open source that we, you know, fully control and stand behind and, and, you know, work with that community directly as opposed to at arm's length means that a lot of those habits and, and instincts and processes have to 
change and grow. Um, we can't be as narrowly focused as we once were. And that's meant um, both a lot of change structurally at the company. We've had to um, reorganize a little bit around uh, you know, the variety of things that we're tackling now. Um, we've had growth on the personnel side. Certainly we've added new people and, and hopefully are adding more this week. Um, and uh, those things were expected. I, I would say that there haven't been a ton of surprises um, other than we expected there to be more um, turmoil around the integration of um, the two essentially the two parts of the business. And, and in fact, it's been nothing but relief internally, I would say. Um, everybody feels a clarity, uh, both of purpose and of mission. And um, the merger has done a lot to um, not just reduce cloudiness or the fog of war, but, but to really clarify what it is we're trying to do and how we're trying to go about it. Um, and for us, you know, for me personally, it's done great to highlight... Um, the things that we have done well, but it's also been a tremendous opportunity to learn um, uh, what our great friend Donald Rumsfeld once described as the unknown unknowns, um, the things we didn't know we didn't know how to do. Um, and those have been incredibly valuable lessons to learn. And, and, you know, we're working on those all the time. So, you know, you're the third person to quote Donald Rumsfeld on this show. He's eminently quotable. <laughs> of course, it's always the same quote. <laughs> it was the, the most important quote of the year, I would say. Yeah. Well, I, I have to agree with you um, around the, the change. I mean, you know, from my perspective, my, my job hasn't changed. I'm, I'm still doing consulting. I don't work on the product. Um, but, you know, we were working very, very closely with Rich previously. But at the same time, having, you know, uh, merged the two organizations and now having one team, it feels like the pace really picked up, and I know that that the that we were working hard and Rich was working hard on Datomic previously, but e either due to increased my increased visibility or due to the additional um, people we've been able to to bring uh, to bear since merging organizations, it it feels like you know the the Datomic uh, team is really able to to do is more effective now than 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 even they were before. So well, I mean, you always want more people than you have um that's that's true of any development um effort of any kind and especially when you're developing something um as uh interesting and forward-looking and um different frankly as datomic uh there's a lot of room for you know more people and more voices and i think that's the most um clear area where the merger has had an immediate impact because there's not a dramatically larger team working on Datomic than there was prior to the merger. It's a light, slightly larger. Um, it has grown and it will continue to grow. Um, but it, it's not like we tripled the size of the team overnight because of the merger. But again, that clarity where it's one organization with one set of goals, with one set of um, you know discussions, uh, really speeds things up and and now of course you've got fewer barriers to um getting help from outside of the people who are working on it every day and you know at relevance we always had uh, open source fridays and of course uh, as cognitech we still have this notion of uh, friday time but a lot of people are using that time 
to uh, speed along our strategic goals on that front, and and that will continue to accelerate. Um, so you know, nothing dramatic structurally, but at the same time, a really dramatic change in what I would consider the tailwinds behind those efforts. Um, and that's been really rewarding because again, we we expected there to be more turmoil, and turmoil, of course, almost always slows things down. Uh, and I've been really gratified to see that quite the opposite has been true. Yeah. So um, I, there are I, maybe we can do this. I, I I would like to start by naming a few of the things that have happened in that happened in 2013, and you can fill in from there. And then maybe we'll we'll talk in more detail about a couple of them. But just Go for off, it. off the top of my head, let me think. So there's the merger, obviously. Um, Pedestal was announced in 2013, right? Yes. It correct. seems like it's been longer, but that's actually been announced. Um, and they've gone through at least two versions with work going on a major new one. Uh, what else? I mean, I could probably just look at the uh, podcast listing and get some idea. Um, <laughs> well, for, of course. Go ahead. Conj, uh, Conj in, in November, yep. uh, which I consider to be um, the best Conj yet, uh, not just because of the change in venue, but um, uh, it's just a really great uh, moment for the community. And, and I was really excited by uh, what happened in the um, hall, but also what happened out in the hallways. Um, so that felt huge. Core um, Async? Core Async um, uh, was a big release that um, I think has made a real statement about um, you know, what Clojure <laughs> thinks of um, in terms of um, uh, how those kinds of problems should be solved and uh, has seen a ton of community interaction around that. And in fact, that's one of the things that I like. It's sort of a meta thing about 2013, but the um, interaction with our community, both the open source community that has rallied around Clojure and, and its tools and environs and, and the other things that we release open source, but also around our products and, and our level of interaction with that community feels um, uh, like it's on a great path to me. Um, Alex Miller joining last mm -hmm. year and devoting time to uh, you know, Clojure and, and working with the community and, and our closer ties now with Clojure West and uh, that felt huge. Um, gosh. <laughs> well, we also added, uh, we can talk about people. We added, uh, Paul DeGrandis to the team as well. That's right. David Chalimsky just started his first day was today, actually. Mm -hmm. Very excited. Um, yep. uh, although he got grounded in uh, Chicago, so he's not actually here in the building. Otherwise I would yank him in here and have him say hello. <laughs> um, so yeah. And of course, you know, Rich joining, uh, you know, as, as we molded the two organizations and, and, um, you know, having like I said, it's not like we weren't working daily with Rich prior to that, uh, but it's just a different feeling to be part of one single unitary organization. And it, uh, I, I could not be happier with how that's working out. And um, uh, he has always been great to work with. He's even better to work with now that we're on exactly one team focused on one set of things. And, um, uh, you know, welcome to him. It's been great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Datomic Starter Edition. How did I forget that? Holy smokes, Datomic Starter Edition has been huge. Um, uh, something that we'd been building towards um, for a good portion of last year. Uh, you know, one of the things that we always want to target is how to enable people to get the most out of their learning experience using Datomic. I mean, obviously, we're a proprietary piece of software. You have to pay to buy the software. It's not just free for the taking. And that's a, you know, People will argue that point forever, um, but we feel 
pretty confident and comfortable with that decision. But at the same time, you have to give people good, honest ways to test their problems with our solutions. And Datomic Free, which has been on the market for more than a year, um, is a great way for people to kick the tires on the API side. But because of its limitations for going to production, it was never going to solve uh, the problem of really testing out a live production system. Um, and so, you know, we always had eval licenses, but eval licenses are time delimited. And that was kind of a problem. And Starter being what it is, which is a fully baked install of Datomic with a couple of limitations, but that you can buy EULA go to production with, um, has just had enormous uh, impact. We've seen well above our expert, expert, expectations in downloads and registered users. Um, and it's pretty clear that we hit on a, a formula that's giving people a chance to really evaluate the atomic, and we're getting great feedback um, on it, uh, and just huge. Um, so, uh, you know, I, it feels like, again, that that's been out forever, but it's only been out since November 4th. Right, right. <laughs> um, uh, which is not forever ago. So also on the Datomic front, uh, we announced, uh, was React in 2013? Yeah. Yep. Um, we supported React. Uh, Cassandra squeaked mm -hmm. in at the end of the uh, year, yep. right before the end of the year. Um, and that's been uh, also uh, a wonderful area for us to explore is the partnerships and um, you know the, the working relationships, whether or not we're actually talking to the other teams in some cases we're, t we're working hand in hand with these other teams in other cases it was just so easy to do um synchronization and 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 collaboration that we didn't have to do a lot of work but um having that broad array of choices for storage engines underneath atomic gives us uh, so much better um, access to people and, and to be able to meet them where their problems live um that uh, we couldn't do if we were, you know, architecting our own proprietary storage where, you know, everybody would have to conform to what that specification was. I mean, we've had a lot of people asking for Cassandra support for a long time with the release. We've seen a lot of downloads um, and we're hoping people are really enjoying it. Um, it's early release, obviously, and so it's going to continue to grow and change. But and we're also very happy with the with the. Um, the bundling with Reoc, you know, uh, the customers that we have in common um, are are quite happy with the the um, solution as it you know as it exists. We're going to continue to work with those guys and make it better, um, but it's fairly robust as it is right now. And I think your project is running on that stack, if I'm not mistaken. Reoc? No, yeah. we're not using oh, no. Reoc. No, we run against uh, this is room key we've talked about innumerable <laughs> oh, times. Right. We run against the uh, DynamoDB. Right. I can't. I don't That's know why okay. I thought you guys That's, were on that. It's, it's a good problem to have when we have enough going on that you don't remember all the details of every single thing we're doing. I suppose if I remember the, all the details of every single thing we're doing, we'd have another problem. <laughs> well, that's true. Now you have two problems. That's right. Um, um, go ahead. I was, I was trying to think what else, what other major milestones. Well, I, you know, I have a question for you um, that I probably could help answer, which is, you know, if we talk, we, we've said before that, um, you know, all the things that Relevance did, Cognitech still does. But would you say that there were, because I can think of one, have there been any changes from a consulting standpoint? I mean, you know, um, yeah, that's that's really the question is, what about the yeah. consulting organization? Well, I'd say that, that um, you know, no good organization stands still. And Relevance's definition of, of how we approached our services changed a lot over the 10 years that it was a standalone. Um, you know, when we started the company, we did a lot of, you know, classic fixed bid type of engagements. Um, and 
we eventually settled and had been pretty pretty solidly in the camp for the last three and a half years ish of doing you know agile development in the mold of you have a set of requirements or you're building a set of requirements you contract with us we build it soup to nuts we deploy it for you we train your people on it and we hand it back very um you know full full cycle uh start to finish development um that also included usually some training and and uh you know skill exchange uh with the development team on site and that was that was pretty much how we worked for for the last three years ish um and as we have become Cognitech and as our uh, core offering now, you know, includes officially Datomic and Clojure and ClojureScript and Pedestal and Simulant and everything else, um, part of the mission of the services team is to help people take advantage of those tools. And it's not just build an, an application from start to finish. And so I would say that a lot of our engagements um, are still that way, but a lot now are more embedded where our team will work side by side. At, and this definitely applies to your uh, project that you've been on where we we don't just have one project. We just become part of the team for some length of time to accelerate the, the customer's ability to take advantage of the tools and, that we provide, to train their people, to just give them extra bandwidth because we have experts in the, the places where they've made their bets. So that kind of engagement has become more common. Um, I'm not sure it's become the norm, uh, but it's certainly, we have multiple um, versions of it going on right now. And we've also added some newer types of engagements that are more bootstrappy. You know, come to us, have our team join you for a month or a month and a half and kickstart the development process on a new project using our tools and solutions and, and then, you know, refer back to us later for support. Um, so all of those are kind of flavors now that that are not just necessitated by, but they're opportunities that are created by having this um, more centralized core set of tools that, that we stand behind and in some cases sell and in some cases give away. Uh, and it, that's really exciting because, you know, you can not only help people take advantage of stuff that you've built, but you can really see up close and personal. You know, it's hard to test uh, a tool you've written uh, until you've seen somebody else try to solve a problem with it. Um, and having our people work hand in hand with customers with real problems, solving really hard problems in some cases, uh, gives us the ability to really measure how far we've come, how far we have to go, where we should we head, head next in a way that a lot of um, products don't get a chance to because they can't work hand in hand like that. Yeah, I know. I, I In particular, I was a fairly huge pain in the Datomic Teams Collective, but as we were doing interesting things with... Um, uh, with Datomic at RoomKey, we would find uh, we would find challenges or opportunities for improvements, and they would you know help us out by, in a couple cases, delivering new features um, that were driven out of their requirements or whatever. It was you know, it was great to have that marriage of um, being out on the real world, solving other people's problems, and the product team in the back end, um, you know, building a product that uh, meets lots of needs. Right, and 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 that's you know we we try to build the kind of relationships with our customers where. Um, we have a real transparency in both directions about, you know, what, what are the challenges that they're facing and, and how can we help, even if it seems crazy, like, you, you know, we try to build that trust and, and I think it's paid off hugely for us and then hopefully for our customers to see, you know, how the, the, the products and the, and the open source is growing and changing as a result of that hand in hand interaction. Yeah. And I mean, you know, I mean, to be clear, and I, I hope that no one who knows us is surprised by this. 
um, we're definitely not in any way limiting ourselves to our set of technologies. I mean, we certainly have a philosophy, and to me, this is this is somewhat characteristic of the the shift in the consulting environment. We certainly have a philosophy, and that it's embodied in uh, in some degree in you know Rich's uh, fairly well known talks, you know, Simple Made Easy, and uh, the one he gave at Closure West. Uh, I, I forget the title, but it was about um, uh, you know the analogy between music composition and um, and and software design. Um, right. But we have a philosophy, and the tools that we like fit that philosophy. But you know, there are certainly lots of other things that we are more than happy to work with. In fact, I'm doing work at RoomKey right now, where we evaluated um, or we considered a, a number of possibilities for a storage engine. Datomic was one of them, and we didn't choose it; we picked something else. And you know, that's totally cool. I mean, I was part of that decision. Um, Absolutely, um, and I think that that's that's a really good point, which is that um, we are a company that that makes and sells things, right? So that's that is part and parcel of who Cognitech is now. Um, but it hasn't changed anything about our philosophy of when confronted with a problem, how do we evaluate how to solve it? Um, and uh, we are we have always held this near and dear to our hearts. So you know when relevance first became involved in the Ruby and Rails movement back in 05. Holy God. Um, <laughs> uh, it was a moment where a lot of people were coming out as a Rails consultancy, for example, and that was their reason for being. Um, but we never advertised ourselves that way. We were a consultancy that helped people solve problems. Um, Rails was a big part of our tool set back then, uh, and Ruby was as well. Um, but when confronting a problem, we were very happy to always examine what the possible solutions look like and recommend what we thought was the right one, regardless of the prevailing winds in the marketplace or you know whether or not we were the right company to do it. I, I can think of many examples where we recommended a different technical solution that we weren't capable of supplying and then referred them on to somebody else yeah, in fact, who could I, do it. I was on one of those projects where during the first week of the project, we said, this hey. should not be enclosure. <laughs> you guys want to find someone else. Let us help you find someone else to do this. Let, let us help you move on. And, and, and that's, that is still part of our core ethos. Um, that's not going to change. That's just in our DNA. So you know, when, when customers approach us, I, I got an email today from a, a good friend locally. They have a growing startup. Um, they're doing very well. They have some immediate and urgent need for some help. But from the email I saw, we weren't going to be a good fit. So I introduced them to Alex to have those guys have a conversation. But I told them up front, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to guess that we're not the right group to help you here as much as I would love to. Right. You're a friend of mine. You're a local company here in Durham. I'd love to see you guys succeed wildly. I'd love to be part of that story. But I'm not going to do it by shoehorning us into a spot. You know, we're not comfortable filling expertly and i think that's the key right we, we want to work with people um to solve really interesting problems don't get me wrong that's what drives us is is seeing people making a real difference and 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 having an impact and and having hard and sometimes intractable problems that that, that we can help with but um neither closure nor datomic nor cognitech are the right fit for every one of those problems and we're happy to tell you that if that's the case. Mm -hmm. um, I'd much rather have people succeed and remember fondly that we referred them on than fail and wonder why we ever went down that road. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not going to say we have 100% success rate at that. 
everybody fails from time to time. Uh, and um, if you were one of those people out there listening, I apologize. Uh, well, but <laughs> it's it. Well, I mean, it's a fair point. Like you know, we certainly like to think that um, we can be objective, but of course, nobody's perfectly objective. And and you know, as I mean, I think it's fair to say that we have a pretty high proportion of optimists. And yeah. <laughs> there are certainly times where we're like, yeah, we could do that, or that would be an appropriate use of X. And then we get into it and we learn more. I mean, that that was kind of the one I was referring to is we started out and we're like, yeah, yeah, we can totally do this. And we got into it and learned a bit more and said, wow, you would be better served with some other solution. So yeah, exactly. And what I like is that most of the time when we recognize that, we put it on the table right away. Usually that's the case. And, and a lot of times that, that actually causes the project to change in a direction that we are a better help. And sometimes it means like in that case, we're a weekend. We're like, hey, whoa, time out. Um, let's help you get somebody who's going to be able to do what you actually need as opposed to what we all thought you needed. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, that is uh, um, there's this been this great um, moment towards the end of 2013 where people were celebrating the anniversary of the original um, XP book. Um, and there was this huge, you know, Twitter and blog stream of people looking back fondly on the first time they read, uh, the extreme programming books and, you know, the birth of agile and the agile manifesto. And, and at the same time, there's been this huge backlash uh, of people saying agile is dead and that, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, but you know, when you cast back and look at the first XP books and when you cast back and look at the agile manifesto, um, it really is just about listening and communicating. Uh, and that's the piece that, that we've always tried to focus on. And, and part of listening is sometimes having to hear what you didn't think you wanted to hear. Um, and whether that's we having to hear it or the customer having to hear it, that's part of the gig. And, and we're better served by having those conversations as soon as we know them. Mm -hmm. um, and as, like I said, it's not, you know, it's not the norm. Most of our projects start and end well, <laughs> but um, uh, you know, you, you deal with the ones where they're not going to, and you hopefully you deal with them honestly and upfront and quickly. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, yeah. Okay. That was a cool sidebar. I do want to make sure we get back to the year in review <laughs> yes. portion because there are yeah, yeah. other things I want to talk about too. And of course I just remembered one that we didn't mention, which is the addition of the support offerings. Absolutely. It was the key announcement on the day of Cognitech's release to the world. Um, and, and it was pretty vital. I, I think, um, Part of the problem prior to the merger for Datomic specifically was that, you know, if you went to the website, for example, you couldn't really see much in the way of an organization standing behind it. The website was small and it read like a small website and it listed three people uh, as part of the team when in fact, you know, all of relevance was standing behind Datomic at that time, but you would never be able to figure that out from the public messaging. So, you know, we would talk to people who were saying, man, I love the technology, but it's really hard to make a big bet on a new database where it looks like it's a few people, you know, where's the heft, where's the support. And frankly, that word kept coming up of, you know, when are you going to, when are you going to offer support? Um, and you know, we, we always knew that was coming and, and that's a part of offering a piece of, you know, enterprise commercial software. Um, but what was interesting was that we were also hearing it out of the open source community. You know, we're adopting this internally. Um, we're doing some really important things with it internally, but I'm starting to get questions from my boss or somebody off on the side about, well, you know, who can we go to if things get rough? And part of what we wanted to do, 
uh, with Cognitech was be able to answer those questions and answer them emphatically. And, and uh, I think we've done that. Um, uh, the offerings are going to grow and change as we learn more about what our specific sets of customers need. But being able to give people, you know, a couple of flavors of support, you know, everything from business hours only to 24 by 7 phone support um, really means that companies can take advantage of these new tools, quote unquote, right? Closure is what, seven years old now? <laughs> it's not exactly new, but in the grand scheme of things, it is, it's young and it's new to them. Uh, and um, companies need the ability to know that there's some place they can go. Um, and, you know, some some companies take advantage of it and some pe- companies just know that they have a place they could go if they wanted to. Um, but that's been vital and it's really helped us uh, build some stronger relationships um, with some of our customers and, and build some new ones. Uh, and we're really looking forward to expanding on that. Yeah, I mean, I've, I'm on uh, at least some of the emails that go through the support organization and uh, <laughs> people are definitely using it. So there's that. People are definitely using it. And, and, and uh, you know, we're one of those companies where the right person to answer your question is going to get grabbed and dragged in. And that means that there's lots of people in the company who've been involved in our support um, tickets and, and responses. And, um, and I think that's been good, right? Everybody, uh, I can't remember which company, um, this was, but, uh, I want to say it was less accounting, but that, that, that's not it. Um, but anyways, it's a, it's an consumer facing, uh, um, hours tracking and invoicing system for small companies. And they have a policy uh, of everybody in the company rotates through support a week at a time so they have a full-time support staff but everybody in the company spends a week on support in rotation and what they've done is they've created a um, persona that um, you know because it's all virtual support mostly so there's a a um, uh, gender neutral named persona like jamie or something and everybody in the company spends a week manning that persona or whatever the gender neutral version of manning is (laughs) staffing Um, and staffing that persona you know, and that's from the CEO to the new accountant to, you know, the developers to uh, whoever. And I love that because support is where the rubber meets the road. And it's where you're going to hear your customer at their most vulnerable, um, where their highest priorities are going to surface um, and where you've gone um, not far enough uh, in solving the problems. Some some support tickets are they fall outside of that. Right. Sometimes it's, hey, you've got some misspellings in the docs or something that could never be supplied you know can i have a unicorn with my license um we, we don't we don't do that we don't have unicorns we oh. do have robots, but not robots. Robot? Um, okay well it's not bad <laughs> wait i shouldn't have said that okay uh i'll but, erase it later <laughs> erase it erase it um but for the ones that do fall in that you want people to experience that um you know you want people to build empathy with the people who are paying us to solve their problems or help them solve their problems. And uh, you want people to see from the trenches what it looks like when our stuff is in use. And, and that's the best place to see it. Um, although, I, as I said, one of the great things about the way we've constructed Cognitech is that our consulting arm has that same benefit. They're, they're seeing stuff up close and personal. So we actually have two vectors where we're learning and watching um, our stuff hit hit problems in the face, and and uh, I think that can only help us as we grow the company. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, I think let's see. I'm just trying to figure out what else because I want to I want to do a look ahead thing too, but I want to I also want to make sure we cover 2013. I think what I'd like to do, um, Justin, is if I could play a clip for you from sure. last year's show. Would you mind? <laughs> Not all right, at all. I'm gonna put this through the microphone. We'll splice it into the show later. 
so that everybody okay. else can hear it really well. Hopefully you'll be able to hear this. Um, I'm going to go ahead and hit play here. If we if we get together again in December of 2013, and I ask you the question, how was the year? What What is the answer that you will give that will indicate to you that 2013 met your expectations, if that makes sense? <laughs> That's a that's a, that's a handy way to to frame it. Um, uh, what's the old adage, right? Uh, um, uh, imagine yourself, um, uh, you know, retired on an island, and then tell me the life story that got you there. <laughs> what I'm asking you, Justin, is where do you see yourself in five years? Oh yes, I definitely see myself in a mid-level manager position. Uh, I would say that that um, uh, when you ask me this question a year from now, and I fully expect you to be asking me this question a year from now, so we can compare. You can play this back to me then. Okay. Um, uh, I will tell you that I will feel like the year has been successful if um, uh, Relevance has done some growth. You know, we've 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 gone through some growth. Um, we've we've added to our capabilities and we've added uh, to our um, uh, capacity, uh, and we've worked with excellent customers but we've reached more people um i really want to see 2013 be uh one dedicated to um outreach and um you know being involved uh it's the it's the one thing that i i feel um has plateaued that i don't want to plateau for us uh so i want to see us getting back out and and and, and being a part of things so um uh, those are the measures that I'll be using. Obviously, we have financial measures, and you know, we want to be profitable. All right, I'll go ahead and stop it there because <laughs> that's actually a good segue. Um, well, it, it it will be a good segue when we. I want to talk about that a little bit to ask you whether 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 you, how you feel we did on those metrics, and then it, it it leads me into the next thing I want to talk about. So, what do you think? Did we? How did we hit that? <laughs> well, uh, certainly we expanded our capabilities and uh, our capacity and our offerings. Um, I think that the, the Kalyan Tech merger and everything it entails uh, is a resounding, yeah, we did that. Um, I think that we began a process of engagement um, in 2013 that's an ongoing one that I hope is paying off for the people uh, who need it to pay off, and it's going to continue to um, accelerate in 2014. But you know, by creating an organization that um, stands behind our open source offerings, by releasing some new open source in the world, and then by sending people out, I think we we um, reached a lot of people uh, through direct channels and indirect channels that we hadn't reached before, and have started to make really good strides in making sure that people feel um, supported and and um, able to engage. And I think, um, for example, the closure bridge um, effort that started at the end of last year, um, the response on that front has been phenomenal. Um, we announced closure bridge, and for anybody who's not familiar with um, the bridge uh, style efforts, these are, um, I think Rails Bridge was the first of them, but, but there are multiples in the world. Um, these are efforts to uh, expand the reach of technologies to communities who may or may not um, have access to or been exposed to or feel welcome in them. Um, and a lot of it is expanding um, uh, gender uh, participation uh, so that it's not just a, a boys club, but it, it goes well beyond that as well. And, and when we announced Closure Bridge, and this is not a Cognitect um, initiative per se, we're, we're certainly involved, but it doesn't belong to us. Um, but when it was announced at the end of last year, um, I think we had 
if I remember the metric correctly, correctly more than 258 people had signed up within the first 24 hours. Um, and now there are closure bridge events scheduled all over the world. The map is quite stunning. Um, so that kind of expansion of outreach um, is really what I was talking about and, and, and um, supporting everybody and their ability to engage with um, the tools that we believe in and the philosophies that we have about building software systems. Um, and, and like I said, it's an ongoing process, but one that you know, Cognitech is going to um, really stand behind that effort and uh, not just closure bridge, but all those engagement efforts. And, and I hope that 2014 is, you know, 2013 times a million. Yeah, I think that's, that's, that's awesome. Uh, that, that, and that is a very important aspect of um, community engagement. I think there's another one, which uh, you touched on briefly when you were mentioning 2013. Um, and it's embodied probably most concretely in our hiring of Alex Miller, who, you know, anybody that knows, uh, has heard of Strange Loop or Closure West knows that Alex is a pretty, uh, you know, he's, he's an important guy in the, in the community. And, and now we've kind of pointed at him at, um, at, at that problem, that opportunity of community engagement. And yeah. he's already started to make a difference, I think. Absolutely. I mean, he made a difference by us announcing that we hired him, frankly. Um, but but he's continued to make a difference. And I think that um, as anybody facing a large, well-formed, I don't want to say ossified, that's the wrong word, but um, a community that's as old and mature as the closure community is. I mean, again, it's seven-year-old technology. So people have been there and working in it for a long time. And, and we've got you know, real history to deal with. And so, you know, having him come on board and having part of his job be focused there, I don't necessarily say I envy that task of trying to wade in there and, and um, start to make a difference, but uh, he certainly has done that. And I look forward to seeing a lot more of that in, in 2014, but people will see, you know, we've got one six alpha, um, uh, you know, running in the pipes right now. And so one six should be out sometime soon um and i think that that people who pay attention to um you know the ticket stream and and uh the pull requests and everything else well not pull requests but the the um the, the outstanding tickets process, and the contribution yep. process and everything else will have seen you know major change towards the end of the year and and it, i don't want to i don't want to want to be really careful here because Alex is fantastic at what he does and, and he's the right guy for this job. Um, but frankly, just dedicating somebody's day job for some portion of time can, couldn't, you know, we, any dedicated person would have made some headway. Um, Alex having some dedicated time was going to make extra headway. Uh, so that's the way I would think of it. And, and again, Cognitech um, needs to stand behind all of the things that, that we stand behind and, and all of our open sources and closure specifically you know, key among those things. And, and so we're going to be a company that, you know, invests in moving the technology ahead and working with the community and making sure that those um, interactions are as high quality as they can possibly be. So I would expect to see a lot more growth in that area as 2014 kicks into gear. And I hope that people will um, keep coming at us and, and telling us where they feel some pain in that area. Um, you know, don't forget to pat uh, Alex and the team on the back when you, they do something good. Um, but it's going to be great. It's really, I'm looking forward to it.
Yeah, me too. And we will definitely be talking on the show um, both uh, about uh, Closure Bridge assuredly, and I suspect very strongly that there'll be an episode with um, with Alex where we discuss uh, his efforts around the community and how people can help. We touched on it when he was last on, but I think there's going to be enough to talk about that we'll have to have him back. Um, so, absolutely. yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. Uh, what else? I mean, I, I know. So, the, the problem with looking forward is, of course, that, you know, you are aware, and to some lesser degree, I am aware of things that are going on that we. Uh, cannot yet talk about right um and some of them are amazingly awesome (laughs) and we said that last year um and i think we were right and we were right i really do think we were right i mean you know uh we we alluded to pedestal many times on the show uh we kind of uh you know we we had one point you and i were talking and we were like hey you know something big is coming and it was datomic and i think i think that's a justified claim beforehand Um, and I said, we hinted at the merger, and yeah, there was right. there were a lot of things that we couldn't talk about right. until we talked about them. So, so we can we can say that there are things that are equally awesome that we are super excited about that are coming, but that we can't talk about. But I I still would like to ask you, in 2014, can is there anything that we can say about what people we've talked in general terms, but is there anything that else that people can kind of look forward to? Yeah, you know, it's going to be important for us to tell the story about not just who we are, and I think that that's an ongoing sort of reintroduction to the world that four months isn't going to have done uh, all by itself. And um, But, you know, who we are is not nearly as important as um, who you are. And that is a huge focus of ours in 2014, what are the the problems that we can help solve, um, that the tools or the beliefs or the philosophies that we have can help solve, um, and helping other people tell the stories of successes and um, uh, sometimes failures, but um, the learning and growth on that front is going to be enormous. So you're going to see a lot of effort um, and action in, in those realms um, coming up, you know, aggressively, I would say. Uh, and... Um, you know, we've got some of our listeners will um, be familiar with Lynn Grogan, um, who is the chief mastermind behind Closure Conj and does a phenomenal job pulling together what I consider to be a world class event um, every year. And her job has morphed since last year to be more full time focused on events and interactions. And that means that. Um, we've got one person and, and, you know, for, for listeners who don't know, um, she recently changed her lifestyle and is now traveling the country in an RV and that's where she works from and that's how she lives her life. Yeah. We just missed talking about that on the, uh, she was on, she talked about her big backpacking trip through the mountains in California and she hadn't quite finalized that. I think at one point in the show I say, well, I'm sure you've got something big planned for 2014 and yeah, it was to completely uproot her life and, and roam the country in a, in a mobile home. She roams the country in a mobile home, but that means that she's going to be out there interacting with people on our behalf all over the country, and she's going to continue to run the conj, but she's going to build more um, events, and that's key to me is, is, you know, we are the company we are now, and, and we're focused on a mission of providing the things that we're going to provide, um, but that engagement, that real direct connection uh, is so central to the heart of what we see as the growth in 2014, you know meeting people at events, finding people where they live, coming to see them at their companies. Um, yeah. All of that stuff is going to be huge, and you're going to see 
uh, growth and, and expansion in that area from us. Um, and it's what's going to make people more comfortable, right? Um, at the end of the day, companies are made of people. People trust other people <laughs> that they can meet and shake hands with and, and talk tech over a coffee or a beer with. And um, so that engagement is, is going to be critical. And I'm, I'm super thrilled that um, Lynn is focused in that area and there will be other people focused in those areas. But having somebody literally roaming the country is going to give us a great platform to uh, start to see some of that engagement blossom. Cool. Yeah. And Lynn is awesome, of course, as you said. Um, that's cool. Um, let's see. I have a couple more questions for you and one topic that I think we will need to defer until another show, but I'm always happy to have you on so we can, we can easily <laughs> do that. Um, is there anything Listeners else? I might be uh, growing weary of hearing the sound of my voice. but <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, if, if they're weary of anyone's voice, Justin, I think that would be mine. Um, you have a voice for radio, sir. Thank you very much. That's very kind of you to say so, and a face to go with it. Um, no, I did not say that. You said that. No, I did say that. <laughs> I, I, do, I do own a mirror. Um, so, so is there anything else as far as, as 2014? I think that's as much as I want to start talking about because yeah. lest my my uh, uh, mouth ramble on into a place like you know <laughs> I don't want it, so. <laughs> well we will certainly have you back on or uh, the appropriate parties back on as we make the announcements that we have alluded to we will definitely be talking about those um, I do want to ask you specifically uh, at least one more question before we go and just out of uh, really uh, at this point a matter of habit since I've asked you it on the other two episode one and then the, the first anniversary show um, which is uh, what is your job, Justin? Uh, I believe the first time you said explorer. Yeah. And the second time you, I don't remember, we could, well, anyway, but what, what, what is your job these days? So um, my job right now is, I, I, I want to say uh, project manager of the ongoing project that is the formation and growth of Cognitect. And by that, I mean um, in a classical sense. Uh, my job is and remains building high bandwidth communication between the people it needs to be built between. Um, some of that's internal. Uh, some of that is uh, building an infrastructure um, that uh, where the right people are talking about the right problems at the right time. Uh, and that's a fairly consistent pattern over the last couple of years is uh, internally having to build those those new muscles. And like I said before, you have certain instincts and processes when you're focused in just one area and when you're focused in multiple areas uh, and you're trying to build a cohesive whole out of that, you've got to rebuild some of that. And so there's a lot of effort on my part going into finding where two people need to be talking and they aren't um, and building those bridges and making sure that, that that conversation happens. And then what I would call the much bigger version of that is the conversations between us and, and people who don't work here. And that's customers and potential customers and, um, you know, Parts, the people in the community uh, and partners and um, possible new employees and all of the ways where we need to be talking more about who we are, what we believe, um, and how we can help and how we can help each other. That's where my focus has to be. Um, you know, a, a, a CEO can either be, in my experience, a micromanager um, because they're fantastic at management and it's what makes the company go, or they can be um, a spokesperson and, and an outreach person and a person who uh, helps other people solve the problems 
um, at the micro level, uh, you know, as, as opposed to getting in there and poking at it themselves. And um, I'll be the first to admit that that former version is just not me. I'm not a micromanager. Um, I've never been good at that. Uh, and it's not good for me or the company or anybody else when that is what I do. So I'm focused very much on that second role um, and that second definition of, of the job title and, and um, uh, you know, I view it as um, a, a nurturing and, and servant sort of role. Um, the whole goal is to see Cognitech take off and fly uh, and um, enable that any way I can. And it, it's not about me, uh, certainly not about me, um, but wherever I can help, that's what I'm doing. And so for me, talking to people and helping people talk is the big thing. Cool. Yeah, that's great. I mean, I think, yeah, that's that's just what you in my humble and irrelevant opinion, just what you should be doing. <laughs> um, cool. Well, so we're coming up on close to an hour here, so it's probably time to to wind it down. As we said, there are many other things that we could talk about, but uh, fortunately we have a podcast. We put out episodes periodically, so we have a, a place to uh, to have other discussions should we want to, and, and, and we do. Um, I would like to take a moment, if I might, to talk about the show itself. Um, seems like an appropriate moment. We are in effectively at the second anniversary show. Um, and, uh, you know, I think 2013 was a rocking year for the podcast. Um, you know, we uh, we had a lot of great guests. I couldn't even begin to pick a favorite. I mean, you could list any of the shows and I was I was happy with them. I expect to be able to continue to do that. I mean, I have a, 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 a I, we have a Trello board that we used to organize the podcast and I have uh, I think it might be as many as 50 shows, uh, ideas for shows on there. Um, yeah. Well, you know, you can you look at the the pace that we've set, and I think we did a pretty good job. We we started with episode one back in December of 2011. In 2012, the anniversary episode that you and I did was episode 23. We just released episode 46 with Maggie, which was another one of my favorites. And uh, yeah. so, you know, we're we're doing pretty well. We're, we're somewhere in the neighborhood of two a month. I don't, we don't have any set schedule, but I don't expect that to change substantially. I spent an inordinate amount of time, um, on automation of the show to make it easier, um, for me. And, and, uh, we expect to do more of that. That may have an impact on the rate. I don't really, uh, I, I do joke sometimes that on the show we emphasize, uh, quantity over quality. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> in the sense of, you know, I don't spend a boatload of time going through and removing every time I I cough or bump the mic or whatever. I'd rather get the show out. Yeah. Um, but one thing that we don't skimp on, in my humble opinion, is um, the quality of the guests. I think that's that's someplace we've been great. And I, and I just looking at the list of people that we pl- have definite plans to talk to and a desire to talk to, um, that's not changing. So uh, so well, there's that. I- I do want to just take this moment to interrupt you and say, uh, you know, the the Cognicast and previously the Relevance podcast has been um, one of those out of left field surprise. I can't imagine the world without it things Um, before you ever suggested it. I would never have thought of it. Um, I can't imagine the world without it at this point. Uh, It's been huge. for a whole host of reasons, uh, and um, uh, you deserve all the credit in the world for sticking through it, and um, uh, you put a ton of effort into it, and you uh, exceed my expectations every time I turn around and look. So, 
Um, I want to thank you for what 2013 looked like. Um, I am totally looking forward to seeing what 2014 looks like. Well, thank you very much. That's super kind. As always, I have to uh, uh, reflect a lot of that credit um, uh, primarily on the guests who, you know, on a, <laughs> I can always tell when I'm editing the show uh, how much I talk because I see the waveforms, right? And it's like, oh, that one's me and that one's them. And as much as possible, I like to make the one that's them 100% of the show. So um, that that definitely has to go to them, but of course also to the people that, that help uh, in various ways. And I'm really happy that one of the changes we've made is mentioning those people at the end of the show now. Um, yes. It was just super important to me personally that um, it be clear that this is a team effort. So, because uh, uh, it really, really is. I mean, it is literally the case that I would have stopped right around the end of last year if I hadn't gotten help. I, yep. I was, it was, it was too much for me to spend all of every Friday and more on the show. And now that I have people to do, to be perfectly honest, the hardest parts of the show are done by other people. Um, it's much easier on me. And that's the reason we're able to um, put the shows out that we are. So um, anyway, I just wanted to mention that, um, you know, we also have a bunch of other sort of infrastructure changes in mind. Um, nothing that we've been able to nail down yet, but uh, you know, just a few things around the podcast itself. Um, it's not going to affect the format. Like I, you know, conversations with interesting people remains the show. <laughs> um, <laughs> right. That's not changing, but you know, just some stuff around like the website that we, that we want to do that I think, um, that I think some people will appreciate that we hope to get done. And I would, I would expect to see those happen this year. So, uh, so yeah, that's another, hopefully a lot more of uh, great cover art. <laughs> oh yeah. I love, <laughs> love the, love it's, the cover art. Oh, it's one of my favorite parts is the moment where, uh, when I'm producing the show, Michael will ping me on Skype and say, Hey man, want to see? And I'm like, oh, yeah. And he'll send me the link. I'll actually literally sit there for a moment before I click it going, I'm savoring this because I'm going to hit it and uh, it's going to be something surprising and interesting and, uh, and, and just fun. I mean, there's a lot of times where I, where I will literally say out loud, wow, or oh, or you know, just make some exclamation that's totally involuntary just in reaction to the art. So uh, It's but, my only regret about my appearances on the show that, that one of them predates album art. <laughs> you know, we could go back and fix that. There's nothing that says we can't. Uh, you know, we, as we, as you know, uh, one of the things that we believe in, uh, Justin, is controlling time. So, Absolutely, yeah. we can always rewind. That's right. <laughs> well, cool. Um, so, uh, Justin, before we go, is there anything else we should talk about? I'm feeling, I'm feeling pretty good. I'm, I, I just want to say Happy New Year to everybody um, who's listening. I, I hope we get to talk. Um, and 2014 is going to be a lot of fun. So. Uh, so I'll buckle up. Well, let's let's briefly. Is there? I mean, okay. So let's just mention briefly for anybody that is not aware, um, if you could quickly enumerate the ways in which we would love to hear from them. Obviously, there's at Cognitech on Twitter. What are some other ways that people can reach out and say hello? At Cognitech on Twitter, info at Cognitech, um, and for those of you who have access to it, support at Cognitech. I think anybody can send an email there. Um, drop by the office, uh, show up at uh, Conj or Closure West or any number of other venues where we're going to be showing up, which uh, I believe you will find on the blog. Um, my One of my favorite named regularly occurring uh, blog posts, the Where to Find Cognitex, which on internal emails is always shortened to WTF Cognitex. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, that's a great uh, post that comes out once a month that tells you where people are scheduled to show up. And uh, if I can tell you any one thing about our corporate culture is that we love to talk to people. So if you see one of us showing up in a city near you, drop by and say hello. 
Yes, absolutely. Well, fantastic. Uh, you know, it's it's an impossible task to summarize a year, especially a year like 2013 in a mere hour or whatever we're at. Um, but uh, it was super fun talking to you. Um, uh, of course, you know, having been on the show approximately 7,000 times now, um, we have to do a song on the way out. So what would you like us to play, Justin? All right. So before I tell you the name of the song, I'm going to remind people that this is my favorite artist, and I strongly urge you to go check out him in any of his uh, many formats. But the song I'm going to give you is uh, by Michael Franti and Spearhead off of uh, his tremendous Stay Human album. And the song is appropriately listener-supported. <laughs> I love it. Rarely have we had a song so apropos, um, because it is clear that, um, you know, this is yeah. listener supported. It is listener supported. No money exchanging hands. It there is. isn't. Yep. We guarantee your money back for any episode with which you are not fully satisfied. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, no, but we do really, really appreciate it. And that was one of my highlights of the year was, and I mentioned this before, but the sheer number of people that came up to me at the conj and said, hey, I like the show, or I listened to the show, and I wanted to tell you something, was, it was, like, I, I lost track. I mean, it was crazy. Uh, <laughs> there was one funny incident where um, I was leaning against a pillar and talking to somebody, and I someone, like, leaned out from around the pillar and just, like, looked at me funny, and they're, and they're like, oh, you're that guy, right? Like, he had heard my voice, like, <laughs> come out of the air, so, uh, so it's nice, it was nice to be in our tribe and to, and to, and to hear that um, you are audio people, famous <laughs> uh, it's not about the fame it's just that the people like what we're doing and no, are exactly. listening yeah. and that's what I meant I mean by listener supported uh, I'm serious like you know this has been entirely rewarding in so many ways that I never would have expected and I just I can't say enough how grateful I am that you came up with the idea and have soldiered through all this time and, and uh, I really do I look forward to seeing what the 2014 schedule has. Yeah, me too. Well, we're, we're having fun and we'll keep doing it. All well, right. That's as good a place to end as any. So I will say thank you to our listeners and thanks again to Justin. This has been the Cognicast. No prisoners if you can't afford to feed none. Don't start no fights if you cannot predict the outcome. Don't make donations where you can. You have been listening to The Cognicast. The Cognicast is a production of Cognitect, Inc., whom you can find on the web at Cognitect.com and on Twitter at Cognitect. Our guest today was Justin Getland on Twitter at jgetland, J-G-E-H-T-L-A-N-D. The Cognicast is produced with help from Alex Miller, Alex Ward, Damian Mack, Jamie Kite, Justin Getlin, Kelly Ross, Lake Denman, Luke Vanderhart, Lynn Grogan, Mark Phillips, Russ Olson, Ryan Neudfeld, Sam Umbuck, and Stuart Sierra. Episode cover art is by Michael Parento. I'm your host, Craig Andera. Thanks for listening. We come and listen and supported. Live and direct, we come and never pre-recorded. With information that would never be reported. Disregard the mainstream, media distorted. We come and listen and supported. Live and direct, we come and never pre-recorded. With information that would never be reported. Disregard the mainstream, media distorted. We come and listen and supported. Yeah.